Welcome to Allison's Wonderland. I'm your host, Allison Packard. Join us as we journey through the looking glass and down the rabbit hole into the wild and wonderful world of animation and video games. Hey, do a girl a favor and please subscribe to this podcast and go on iTunes and leave us a good review. If you like the show, please help spread the word. It really helps us to get heard by more people. Thanks so much. Happy Wednesday, everyone. Welcome to Allison's Wonderland. This is a little preview of what we're going to be talking about tonight. I'm sure you guys hear. This is the main title theme of the one and only Simpsons. Because we have special guest Eric Lopez coming on the show tonight. Eric Lopez is a voice actor. Uh, His credits are numerous, but one recent credit to note is Eric is the new voice of Bumblebee Man on The Simpsons, which is super, super exciting. I just want to give a shout out to everybody that's joining live. Sam Bravo, good to see you. Jeremy, got some new faces. Matthew David Red, good to see you again. And Anna Gristel. You guys, I'm so excited to welcome Eric Lopez to the show tonight. Eric is a great friend, as well as an incredibly versatile and talented voice actor. I'm going to go ahead and welcome him onto the show, and feel free to chime in to the question box at the bottom if you guys have questions for Eric. We're going to go ahead and add Eric right now. Here he is. Welcome, you guys, the one and only Eric Lopez. Oh, sorry, Jeffrey. I'm so sorry. You guys, welcome Eric Lopez to Allison's Wonderland. Eric, it's so good to see you. Hey, it's good to see you, too. Thanks for having me. It's good to finally be here. It's so good to see you. I haven't seen you since our little walk around North Hollywood Park uh, a couple months ago. Which was awesome, by the way. And I apologize for huffing and puffing. It was like the first time I'd taken a walk in the whole (laughs) pandemic. Oh, my God. I'm so embarrassed. You're like all just briskly walking. I'm all... (gasps) (gasps) I was like, I hope she doesn't hear me wheezing. Uh, We're going to get those lungs pumping, right? You know? I know you (laughs) hear your lungs a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I got to... Yeah, I know. I... I'm, just, I'm back into it now. I'm working out again. I'm getting, getting strong. You getting you getting the bot on fleek? I'm getting it on fleek. Got got to got to be uh got to look good for the for the for the mic for the booth. <laughs> <laughs> and for interviews like this, <laughs> have you been doing a lot of interviews? I mean, I read a couple online since you took over as Bumblebee uh, just- Man. Just that one. I actually haven't really done uh, many. Uh, I've done, I mean, I've done podcast stuff in the past, but mm-hmm. uh, I've never done a, a live interview, Yeah, which is pretty crazy. So I'm like, I hope I don't say anything. I hope I don't get canceled. <laughs> no, I Nobody's going to cancel cancel you on here. I promise. You guys, <laughs> we promise. I, I reassure Eric mm-hmm. for me that this is a fun and safe forum for him to speak candidly. <laughs> Eric, it's so good to see you. I, I mean, obviously, I think I definitely, I mean, you have a lot of different projects on the table. So many fun things, especially in the past couple of years. I'm incredibly impressed. I forgot to turn this on. Let me turn this on real quick. Sorry. There we go. I'll do that. Hey. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, IGTV does this weird thing where it zooms in really quick, but. Yeah. Um, is it, am I framed right? I mean, I don't know. I know there's a little. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see you good. So <laughs> I know that a lot of people are, are, 
curious to hear about The Simpsons, and I do want to definitely get into that, but I kind of want to start at the beginning because I'm curious how uh, you got involved in voice acting from the get-go. Oh, yeah, it's that's actually a, a funny story, a fun story. Funny was- and funny. Funny and fun. Well, I guess all life is funny and fun when it when it works out, right? I was actually doing I was doing stand up. I started, I came out here in a long time ago. Came out here a long time ago. And where are you from? I'm from originally from Arizona. I'm from born in Kingman, Arizona, and then I moved to Phoenix. Uh, moved to Mesa. Lived with my brother for a few years. Took took some classes. I was going to college, sort of. It wasn't real real college. I was taking community college classes because I mean I knew I I knew when I was a kid. I always wanted to be an actor yeah. and, and I was always like a, an artist too, an illustrator. So I'm like, you know, like you always have like options. Like I, this is what I really want to do, but this is what I will do if I have to, you know, <laughs> fall back on it because like, this is what I do anyways. And that so like, I knew I always wanted to be an actor. I knew I wanted to be an actor since junior high. I took, and, and I was in, I was in theater class in junior high and I freaking loved it. It was the best thing ever. Yeah. The biggest highs, you know, and, and not many lows because it was, it was, you know, parents are supportive. You're a kid. No one's going to crap on you when you're, when, you, when you're on stage in junior high. But, and so I knew it was then I wanted to be an actor. And, and, uh, and so I was like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be an actor. And I said it my whole, my whole life. And then getting later in, in high school and stuff, yeah. because of my artwork, I was like, oh, you know, I could be an artist too. I could, I could do both. And, and I was like, and I was really, into, I've always been into animation. So I was like, and I was a huge Pixar fan. I am a huge Pixar fan, I should say. So I was like, man, I saw like a documentary on it. I was like, man, I'll go to, I'll go to the, the, the art Institute in San Francisco and, and go to school there. And, and then I saw the price tag. I was like, Ooh, no, maybe my mom is awesome though. She's like supportive of everything I wanted to do. Like she, my mom, by the way, is the best. I was in high school and she, she offered to drive me to Vegas to do standup. And I did, this is before I even knew I wanted to be a standup comedian. From Arizona? Like, yeah. And she's like, wow. oh, it was, a, it's a, it's a, so we were like, I grew up like two and a half hours in Vegas. Yeah. So she's like, I'll drive you to Vegas. You want to do standup? And I was like, I just want to be an actor. Not knowing that I would end up being a standup. I was like, geez. So she knew, I mean, uh, yeah. And I should have taken her up on that. I wish I kind of would have now. Cause you know, you hear about Chappelle and all these people starting out all young, man, I should have did that. But, but uh, yeah, so, so, and later on in high school, you know, do, when you doubt starts to seep in, you're like, man, what is, I, I need to, I need a sure, sure thing to fall back on. Yeah. Which is, and in, in computer animation isn't a sure thing. It's like the same thing. You're a contract, you know, independent contractor, you job to job. It's like being an actor sort of with, uh, with way more like, longer hours, I'm sure. Yeah. So I, and I went to, so when I moved to Arizona, I took some, I started off just taking art classes, tons of art classes. That's what I'm proud of myself now. Like I, I'm like, man, I wasted five, I'm like, I wasted five, you know, five years in out in Arizona after high school when I should just came out here. But then I think about it, I'm like, no, cause everything I did was, was, was adding to what, you know, to my life now, like it yeah. was enriching everything. Like I, I took art classes and I still use all those principles that I learned. I took, I took some computer animation modeling classes, which, which basically, which basically cut the, made the decision for me. I'm like, this is way too hard. I'm not good. I'm not good at these like commands that you need to learn. I'm like, looks like I'm going to be an actor. <laughs> so then like right after that, I, my very, so it was, yeah. So I did stand, I did, stand up once in Arizona I killed and I was like this is it man I'm leaving uh, and I left like a couple months later came out in October of that year and that's so been funny. here ever my, since my, 
best stand-up comedy show ever was also in Arizona. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, there's some good comedians there. Good, it's good a good crowd. Man. Yeah. There's, you got to have a good, I have a good sense of humor growing up in Arizona. So it's very hot. So some crazy people. <laughs> did, you, did you take a writing class or you just got up in an open mic one day? No, I mean, I, I just basically, it was, it was basically just me doing impressions and then talking about my, some of my nuttier family members. So it was all just stuff that I do anyways, you know, I mean, growing up, I always just did impressions. And so I was like, oh, let's do some impressions. It was five minutes. You only get five minutes. So I was like, I'll just do an impression of Sean Connery and I'll do a couple of my uncles all drunk. And then I'll, you know, and, and I'll do that. And it worked. I did good. And I moved out here and it, it's been going good. I, I, I stopped doing stand up after a while, though, because I did get kind of burnt out on it because I wasn't getting any stage time. And so like, and I kind of wish I wouldn't have, I kind of wish I would have stuck with it. I'm still, I'm, I'm back. I mean, I'm, I'm going back and I'm, I've been, I've, been, I've never stopped writing, but I'm still, I still perform whenever I can. Before the pandemic, I was going up pretty often. And then the pandemic hit and I was like, oh man, it's throwing a wrench in my plans. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely fun. I, I do. I did miss it for the longest time. Uh-huh. Yeah. So do you see more stand up comedy in your future? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I yeah. Got, I've been putting my act together. I got a lot of material. It just needs to be, you know, I need to start getting up again and whittling it down. And it seems a little safe now. A lot of my buddies are going back up and, and doing stand up. So I'm like, maybe it's safe. Maybe it's safe. I don't know. But hopefully it's safe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went to go see my first stand up show a couple of weeks ago. It was it was really fun to just be be out and be in the crowd. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I miss it. I it's. We were at, my brother was in town this last weekend and we went to, we were at the Third Street Promenade and it was, felt really, it felt kind of weird, but because I hadn't been there during the pandemic, it sort of was like, there was a bit of like, oh, this is just normal. This is how it's always like, because I didn't see it when it wasn't normal. So it felt, it was weird. It was like a, because we weren't wearing masks and nobody was wearing masks. I'm like, okay. I guess, guess we're back. There we are. <laughs> the ever-changing guidelines from this. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. It's really weird. Yeah. But how, I respect how? everybody's, I respect everybody's opinion. Everybody's mm-hmm. right to do what they want. You know. How, how has the pandemic affected you on a personal level? By the way, uh, L. New- at home recording? Is that what you mean? Like, like at home recording and stuff? Yeah. Oh, by the way, Elle Newland says she loves how you framed your video. <laughs> oh, thank you, Elle. I called her. I actually called her for advice. I'm like, how did you frame your video? And she she told me. And I was like, oh. yeah, just get your phone and, you know, cool. You know, I was like, all right, cool. I had a little ring light and stuff. So oh. <laughs> thank you, Elle. If you're still here, thank you. <laughs> but um, the pan- honest, to be honest with you, the pandemic, the shutdown, the lockdown, yeah. it was I liked it. I liked it. I'm, a, I'm an introvert. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm extrovert when I'm out. Like, I'm, it's weird. It's a weird balance. I think I'm yeah. a very balanced person. When I'm home, I love being home. I love just, I mean, and like I said, I'm sketching all the time. I'm writing all you the draw, time. I mean, you cook a lot also. Yeah, I cook. Yeah, good. That, that's how the pen. Yeah. Got really good at making pizza in the pandemic and making, trying out stuff. I make, I make homemade pretzels now. It's like, wow. Yeah. So I learned a lot, uh, a lot of good cooking and, Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I realized that like it's just basically steps. It's like it's like putting together some IKEA furniture. You know, you get the recipe, you put it together, you make it, and you try not. You just you t- it's timing. You know, you don't overcook every, anything. Yeah. You don't undercook it, and and it comes out. You're like, well, this is like the restaurant. You know, it's like 
It's crazy. So, okay. So you pandemic hit now, primarily I, I would see you, we have the same agent for anybody that's wondering. And so I would see you, you would do a lot of your auditions at the agency with the booth directors. Now, when, when the pandemic hit, did you have to build up your home studio or was, or was your home studio already ready? To Luck, luckily we have mutual friend Kiff, right? Kiff Van Inhuvel. Yes. Awesome dude. That guy, him and Scott White are like my VO like Jedi's, you know, they always, they, any, any questions I have, they're always there to answer it for me and help me out. And, uh, Kiff actually before the pandemic hit, Kiff turned me on to this road, uh, NT USB mic. And I was like, Oh, it's cool. It was only, it was super affordable and, and like an app, which apps to use to, to record, which apps to use to edit. And so I started doing it from home because like gas was getting crazy. Gas prices were getting crazy. And it's just like, I was always showing up late, you know, to, to the office, to long hike trek from the valley over to the west side yeah and so so i was like man i need to i need to find a way to record at home and it's just like one line for for a commercial you know or something like i need to i need because i love going in don't get me wrong i loved going in. i mean just like that's how i met you that's how i met my some of my best friends now and 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 you know you get to hang out with celebrities and stuff and then we just shoot the you know, shoot the stuff and, and just, you know, talk. And can you cuss on this? <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Okay. You just shoot the shit with celebrities and you hang out and you talk and stuff, you're talking shit and it's awesome. And, 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 but like, so that was for the long waits. And I met so many, so many cool people at CSD. Yeah. I met so many awesome people and I'm so grateful for it. So I, I did love going in and I, but, but I, for those little things and or when, or when I had a job and I didn't have the time to, I didn't want to go all the way out and then have to come back. Yeah. And so I, I needed a way to record at home. And Kiff and Scott helped me out a lot. They gave me a lot of advice. And so I, I took this little walk-in closet and I just padded it up a little bit and mm -hmm. put some blankets up. And and it sounds good. All these studios that I record with now from here, when I do have to record from home, they're like, got a good room, man. It's quiet. It's nice. I'm like, yeah. awesome. So like I Are got into that rhythm of recording mic? from home. Oh, sorry. No, no, Are go you, ahead. Are you still on your USB mic or did you upgrade your microphone? I am, but uh, wow. it's just for auditioning, just for auditioning. And some, some, cause some sessions will send out a mic. Like I just booked this show for Nickelodeon and they send out a mic, oh, but it's perfect. a USB, but it's a USB mic. They sent out a USB mic, it was, it was right crazy. So, but it's a good one. Yeah. So, so I'm still on that, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Scott's like, yeah, dude, you gotta step your game up. Like, yeah, I, I, there's no excuse for me not to buy Do you. Really, Eric, with how much you're booking these days? I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, I should. It's, it's, oh, sorry, I bought my camera. It would be, I think it would be bad if, I think it would be kind of a, a jerk move. You know, I'm working and I'm like, ah, I don't need a better mic. You take what you get. That's mean. You know, I should get a better mic just in case. Hey, do you know who I am? <laughs> Eric Lopez. Hey, do you know who I am? No, good. I didn't think you did. <laughs> are, are you Eric Lopez the first or uh, no. according to SAG? Oh, I'm Eric, Eric Lopez too. Eric Lopez too. And, and, by, and for good. anybody who's on right now, I'm not Cuban. They, they, they took this other guy's profile and they just blended it with mine. It was like born in like 1968. So you're like, oh, like I walked into a session one time. And I was like, well, man. You look good for 60. I'm like, uh, that's not me. <laughs> was that, yeah, I mean, Eric Lopez is like John Smith of, you know, it's like the Mexican John Smith. There's so many Eric Lopez's out there. So like, yeah, so I was actually born in, in Kingman, Arizona, and, and I'm, I'm uh, Mexican-American. And yeah, so that's that's the 
Someone needs to help me, you know, change that on MTV. Uh, <laughs> come on, fans, get to it. Well, mm-hmm. and so you're a Mexican-American as well as Bumblebee Man is a uh, Mexican-American. And you had mentioned in one of your articles that he's actually based on a Mexican celebrity. Yeah, he's based on this this character Chapolin Colorado. He's like this Chespirito guy, actor, he's a Mexican comedian. He's hilarious. He's huge. He was huge. All my family is all huge fans of him. Oh, Bill. I just want to say hi to Bill. Bill, my guy I grew up with, Bill Collins. Bill, what's hey, up, man? I had to say hi. Yeah, so he's he's a really funny guy and a, a really funny comedian, a physical comedian, you know, like slapstick guy. And yeah, so I, I totally knew who he was like when, when I saw him on the Sims. Like, oh, that's that one. That's a comedian. It, yeah, so he's based on that guy. Which sucks. It kind of it's kind of sucks that they didn't get the real guy to play him originally because you know he just passed away I think a year or two ago. Aww. Yeah. So then, how did it come about that you ended up scoring that job? Uh, so that was they they put out uh they put out an audition for it. I'm assuming it's because you know all the the backlash for there was like a whole documentary on a poo. And, yeah. And, you know, and people were just like they're saying you know. And then in 2020, the Simpsons came out and said they were going to have no non-white actors yeah. play non-white roles. Yeah, so they they started to to they're like, oh, let's start casting for the for the right uh, yes. ethnicities. And, and so I got I thought I thought it was for like like some little spot. Like no, I didn't think it was for the TV show. I was like, oh no, this is Hank Azaria's thing, man. I'm not, they're not going to give me this. So they put out this audition for for it, and I got it. Oh gosh, and I I don't know if I told anybody this publicly. I don't even know that I said this in the other interview, but I almost passed because I had so much other stuff to get done. Right? Yeah. I had like a ton of auditions. I think I had a session, and I was like, oh, I just I was like, I'm not gonna get this thing. I was like, why, why am I gonna read? I don't even know if I can do that that voice. Yeah. If I can if I can yeah. match Hank's voice, and so I was like, I don't even know if I'm gonna read for this. I'm like you know what? Just just knock it out. Just knock it out. Get it done and just send it. And I did. And then I found out it was for the show and they were, you know, trying to trying to keep this character alive without, you know, creating any controversy and you know, just doing the right thing generally, I guess. And and I was, you I was worked like, on Simpsons before, right? Yeah. Well, CSD, did we do the Walla group, the background stuff for for the Simpsons. So I was doing that. So did they knew uh, you over the years? Yeah. So I so I knew that some of the team over there. Mm-hmm. And I think that helped. I think they're like, oh, well, he's a guy we know. We like him already. Then he yeah. got, and they said I got the closest out of all the auditions. So I was like, so they booked me and I was like shocked when Pat, our agent Pat Brady called. And I was like, whoa, man, this is, it was weird. It felt like it was like a, like a wash of like dream state. Just, you know what I mean? It was like, it was yes. like the reverse of when yeah. you find out something bad and you can feel numb. It's like the reverse of that, but like the good in the good way. So it was weird. And I was like, it was funny because I'd been in there so many times and like I'd done, you know, countless sessions with other stuff, but I felt like I booked my first job ever again. It was weird. You know, like I, I, I know I was such a, I was so like, I was, I took my phone and I was like documenting everything. Like, Oh, this is me driving on the lot. This is me getting, cause the first time I ever got to park in the actual space, the talent sure. space, you know, so yeah. I parked in the town space. I took a picture of my, beat up car in the talent space <laughs> you know like area doesn't drive your beat up car uh, um, but i you know i like it i like my beat up car it gets me there's so many people ding your car here i don't i'm never buying new i'm just buying i'm, I'm just driving my beat up car everywhere I let people ding it all they want you know buy a nice car for for the you know for when i can valet <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Wow. But yeah, it, it was awesome. It was so much fun. It was, and it, and they're quick sessions or quick, you know, you go in there, you do a couple, but it was just, there's so much weight, so much gravity to it. I'm like, wow, man, this is huge. And yeah. Every time I go in there, it's like going in for the first time. It feels like just so grateful to be there. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. The opportunity to work with any of the other voice actors. Sadly, no, because it started like, I think the first time I did it was, I think it was during the pan, the lockdown, I think. Yeah. The first session was during the lockdown. Yeah, it was. I went in masked up and everything. So I haven't got to, to like meet, to really hang, hang with any other actors or anything or, or, or take a picture. I love to go to the party, go to <laughs> a party or anything. But, oh, it's funny. I just, I had a session today mm-hmm. and, uh, for, for something completely different, something new for Netflix. And, and as I pulled up, I'm sitting there waiting for them to let me in. And Nancy Carwright pulls up. She's got a session at the same studio. I was like, oh, look at that. Yeah. But like she had to go a whole opposite way. I was going to try to talk to her. I was like, yeah, no, it's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Wow. What an iconic, amazing show. And what a great story. I'm so, I'm so proud of you and so happy for you. That's oh, awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now I know. Thanks for having me on to talk about it. It's, it's oh really yeah, cool. absolutely. I've been wanting to get you on for months now. I'm so glad we made it happen. Um, mm. You know, I, I know that you mentioned previously have kind of mentioned a little bit about how people of color have been caric- been made as caricatures in certain different animated shows, and I just was kind of curious to hear your take on that, and you know where you're at these days. I know you also kind of said that. Well, for voice acting, it's like people can stretch into different characters, but I was curious to hear, you know, kind of how you, you feel about all that, the way it's been and if it's changing and evolving. Oh, it's definitely changing for sure. Like, I feel like it's getting so much better and a lot more fair and people are more open to like, they'll ask you like when I, uh, the first people to really open up and ask me about like, Hey, is this how you would say this? Like, how would you say this? How would, how would someone living this lifestyle, how, how would they say this? Like yeah. was, was young justice with there, they were like, there were some of the first people to Greg, Greg, Greg Weissman and Jamie Thomason. They're the team, the Brandon Vietti. Those guys are great. They're so awesome. They're, they're, they write these characters and they try to get as close as they can to, to, to being authentic. But then when you come in, they, they ask you like, Hey, does this line sound weird? Is it read weird? Just, just do, read it how you would read it. You know, whatever slang you know use as long as it's as long as it's appropriate. Use it there, and and they're they're cool like that. And I'm like, that's that's how people should direct. That's how people should approach projects. If you if you're gonna have, and I think that maybe that maybe that's part of the reason why not a lot of representation in media is is you know present or whatever because you know like people just they write what they know you know and. and and that's why you need you need you need diverse voices in your writer's room. You need diverse voices in your, you know, in your uh, yeah, with your consultants and stuff. I think I think that that needs to to be out there because it's important, you know, if you get something wrong, not only is it it's it could it could come off offensive, it, it more than anything it's kind of embarrassing for the team, you know, the creative team because you know, nobody wants to get it wrong, you know, everybody. And I feel like anybody making making, you know, putting out art, media and and stuff, I feel like they all want to get it right. They everybody wants to put out good stuff. And and right. I feel like that's part of it. You know, you got to you got to hire, you know, diverse voices and 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 not everybody, you know, is even there's diversity within the communities too, you know, like that. I'm not 
I, I, I get when I first get, like back to stand up when I first started doing stand up I'd come out here and I'd do like the Latino circuit and yeah. I would get my people would make fun of me because I'm not all hey dog what's up homes? you know <laughs> they'd be like oh this is white guy over here I'm like oh I'm not you know I'm I'm just a different Latino you know I grew up oh, in a small okay. town and yeah, you know, so I was I'm, getting flagged for not being Latino enough. Yeah, it's like, I, yeah, I'm like not hood enough, you know, for, for L.A. or whatever. But I mean, <laughs> it's weird because I had the extremes, you know, I grew up in a, a predominantly white town, went to, you know, predominantly white school. But then I had like a super, you know, the opposite with vacations, going to Mexico and being with my, you know, fully on full Mexican family, you know, so. So right. in a sense, right. I kind of have more rank. <laughs> but uh, but like I said, I think I feel like yeah, there's there needs to be you know diversity in the writers' room, and and that's the first. That's the I think that's the first step. Diversity in the writers' room, and that will in turn help diversity in the booth and you know on the screen because uh, because yeah, it's I mean you got to get it right. You don't get it right. It's just. More than anything, it's embarrassing <laughs> because I'm cringe sometimes when I'm in video game sessions and like, ooh, it's not a good line. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Played a lot of cartel guys in my in my day. <laughs> sure. Yeah, and and I mean, there definitely seems to be a shift. What, do you see? I mean, do you see it shifting away I mean, casting as well? I feel like there's a real trend for more. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been booking a lot of stuff just based on, on diversity, based on like being a divert, diverse character in the show. And that's, and it's great. It's, I mean, it's good to book, you know, it's good to book some stuff and, and to book something that you're close to, you know, like I booked some characters that where I'm like, wow, this is close. This is, this is me, this is me, or this is my, this, this, this character is my uncle or this character is like my dad. And it's like, wow, it, it's really cool to get to, to play that stuff. Mm -hmm. it, yeah, so I mean, I think I think it's it's changing for the good. I think in the industry, I think it's it's changing for the better. When you came on board with The Simpsons, you know, it's such a long running show with such an iconic cast. Did you have any in inhibitions about joining the cast as one of the newest members? Did I, yeah, I mean, you know, I felt I didn't. I just didn't want people to be like, "Oh, who's this? Who's this generic guy coming in?" You know, voicing Hank's role. You know, I, I yeah, you get you get these little these. Your mind goes a little nutty and sure, yeah. And, and, and I mean, there's always going to be in, in every type of situation there'll be haters, right? I mean, yeah, so. yeah. But luckily, I have a great sense of humor, so I can laugh at it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like me and a buddy, my buddy is one of my really good friends, Vince Navarro. We did a we did a video together where we did like he did like a like a take almost like drunk history, but like like a retelling of like a, a movie or like a breakdown a movie breakdown basically but like drunk and i got really plastered and it broke down and it, it got really, really like it got a lot of really good feedback but there was some really really heavy haters in there and they were just like calling me like a pumpkin head and all kinds of weird stuff and i just was cracking up i thought it was so funny i was like man these guys are really going for it i was like so i mean Luckily, luckily, I get I can have fun with with that type of stuff. I mean, because I and we all I mean I grew up like that. We always just cracked on each other, anyway. Yeah. But but as far as I did I did there was pressure to 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 get the job done and do it right. I didn't want to like, you know, go in there because the first episode was just one line. I went in for one line and I was like, oh, and we did it a lot of times. And I was like, hey, are we doing a lot of times so they have options and so are, they, are we doing a lot of times because I just I'm not getting it right. That's but, so I funny. Mean, I was just interviewing Brian Hull two weeks ago, and that was exactly the same thing he was mentioning too. Yeah. When you get that redirect and that redirect and the redirect not being like, what 
what's wrong? What am I doing wrong? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh man, and you just gotta take a step back and take yourself out of that. Otherwise, you'll get in your head. I've gotten, I've been in sessions and like. They just, we keep redoing the line to where like I just read it in a whole way that it shouldn't even be read. I'm like, okay, and we need to, I need to go like get some coffee or something and reset because I'm reading this line wrong. Well, now <laughs> that you mentioned kind of what is your process for approaching a brand new character? If you have an audition come in, you're excited about the character. How do you how do you start with your process? Like, you know what's funny is like I, that people have always talked about process throughout you know careers and stuff. I'm like, I don't really think I have a process, but then I started to pay attention. And I do, I do have a process. So I think what I do is I love when they give you a picture. That's like, it's like mm-hmm. all the work is done. Yeah. You know, if they give you a picture, then a voice immediately comes into my head and I usually go, that's your instinct, right? Yeah. So you go, you go, you go with your instinct mm-hmm. and, and that's usually pretty good. And, and I usually, can't, it sucks guys just to admit this, but I, once that happens, it's hard to like break out of that. Yeah. So I yeah. usually just go with it. I'm like, if that's what you're going with and that's what you're committing to, and that's where your, your heart keeps going to, then just do it because yeah, it's, there's no, and then it's cause if you're trying to find him, then if you're trying too hard to find the character, then it's probably not meant to be. If, if, if your instinct isn't the character that they want. So, so I, I usually, just read, you know, read the whole, read the whole audition. And definitely if it's good to, I feel like casting directors, it's great when you guys give a little chunk of dialogue rather than a lot of people are super secret with their stuff and they'll just give you your stuff. Like your lines, your character, your character, your character. It's like, I don't know what, who they're playing <laughs> off of. You have to the, write the story then. Yeah, the con- <laughs> You need context. I feel like you need the context because there's so it's that, that interaction is so rich and you can be like, Oh man, this can go so many different ways. You can, and you, yeah. most people I think like to do two or three takes when they send an audition. So, so when you do that, it's, it's good to have that. But if not, you know, you just, I guess you take the, use the dialogue. If there's no picture and there's no real dialogue other than your own lines, then you just, you really just read that. And the personality is usually in there mm-hmm. and that personality usually fits into someone you know so you can use that as an inspiration or <laughs> jump with you know jump to whatever whatever instinct yeah you know, wherever instinct takes you mm-hmm. hey guys this is allison packard sorry to interrupt but i just wanted to let you know that if you like the show please 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 remember to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on itunes it really helps us to get heard by more people thanks so much so you're very much like work from your instincts and, and I've always just kind of gone with my gut and my heart and just follow those things. And just mm-hmm. rather than really racking my brain, then I used to, I mean, I used to really think overthink things way too much. <laughs> Can't do that. You just got to go with it. <laughs> Especially not with the volume, you know, when you're reading on a lot of stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. Luckily, stuff's a little bit more. I feel like it's more procured for me now. <laughs> like this is like, oh, Eric can do that. Eric can do that. Because in the beginning, it would just throw a bunch of stuff at you. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And do, and do you just read on everything you get, or are you? Oh yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. Everything. I, everything I get. I I spend. A, I just try to try to spend a little time with it. So part of my process is also that's why I like it when the the they send you stuff early, like mm-hmm. a couple days early. And it's not due the next day. Because if it's due the next day, I got to read it right there. And like over and over again, and just like, oh, I'd rather take it in quiet, you know, quiet time and take it in. Because 
I like to have some <laughs> some some time to just sit with it. You know, you read the character like really yeah. rough, really raw, and then you just kind of sit with it for a couple of days, and you're like, ah, oh. you're like, okay, I can go there with it, or you know, it it, it kind of finds itself. You know, mm-hmm. you just you just record it, lay it down, lay it, it down. Are you like a multiple taker or you kind of like give it a few shots and find yeah, the best that's another to- thing. That's another thing that really changed during the uh, lockdown. And when I started recording myself from home, uh, auditioning from home was when you, when you go into to CSD or you go into your agency and you're, you're yeah. auditioning there, you got like maybe one, maybe two takes and you have to be prepared <laughs> and, and they don't want, you know, there's so many people waiting. You don't want to be rude. But here, you know, at home, you can just do as many as you want. <laughs> for better or for worse. Yeah. And then you end up like, doing, oh, my gosh. So uh, I'll yeah. do like a bunch of, I'll try to approach it like a session. I'll do each line three times, three different ways, you know, give different variety. And then I go back and just play it through and then pick what I like. Mm-hmm. Just whatever feels right. And then yeah. it's gonna fit together. And then, yeah, and then send it. Because if I... Early on, I started to just, I would be in the closet for hours. It's like I went to Narnia or something. <laughs> you know, like, You're right. I'd it's like, like, what happened to Eric? He's, uh, he might have died in there. Yeah, I, see, I just, I would be in there forever. I'd be in there forever. And, I'm just like, oh, and then I would delete something that I like. I like, I like that better. Go oh, I know. It. You ever accidentally uh, delete that, you know, yeah. that one file that had like three different auditions on it? <laughs> Oh gosh, I know. Or, or your like cord or your mic gets glitchy, and then like you play it back, and it's like, oh, oh no, I got to go back and record all this stuff. That's now. your USB mic, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Right there. That but I keep there. it keep it underground. That's what I do. Stick <laughs> <laughs> to um, my roots. Now I know you're also. Somebody was asking if they could hear your Gust Tumbleweed voice from Trollstopia. <laughs> Gust Tumbleweed. Okay. Yeah, we're still recording that one out. Um, nice. It's funny that, that one. We're, we're still. I think we're still on season two. Season two. But we're doing pickups and stuff now, so we're still we're still yeah. in sessions. Uh, I'm trying to think. What's what's ask? Do they have a line they want me to read? Do they have a favorite line? Are they still here? I don't know. No? What's does he just have like a tagline or something he says often? Uh, what does he say? Uh, <laughs> I think the one the first episode, like, Holly Darling is the nicest troll in Trollstopia. <laughs> Yeehaw! Holly, <laughs> Holly. Now I like. Now I want to try and like do my impression of you. Can I hear him again? Holly Darling is the nicest troll in Trollstopia. Harley, darling, you're the nicest troll in Trollstopia. That's pretty close. <laughs> Coming for your job, Eric. <laughs> I know. I, I got a. Hey. I'll be your understudy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be your understudy. I'll be your understudy. And you also work in a show called Glitch Text, which is on Netflix, really popular show on Glitch Text. Yeah, <laughs> that was such a fun show. It, are you guys done? Is it all? Uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of problems with that one. We actually got I think we got like shut down. Like I think they shut production down. I heard really. And I remember one of my buddies was like, "Hey man, really sorry about glitch text. Like, what happened?" He's like, "They shut production down." And I was like, "What?" And so and I mean I I was in a limited role. I was playing the, the main character's uh, 
grandfather, like his father figure and his dad. His dad was in prison and like his grandpa was raising him. But yeah, so I heard that. So I wasn't in a lot. It was, I wasn't in a ton of episodes. So you know, I was just waiting for the call to come. And then I, I heard that they, they got shut down and then, and then they started up, they let, they had it come back and, and because so, it was originally supposed to air on Nickelodeon, I think. And then they were like, well, we're not going to air it on Nickelodeon, but we'll air it on Netflix. So then they, then when they did that, then it gave it new life. So then we went back in the studio, do pickups and ADR and stuff. And then, and then it made it to Netflix. Thank God it made it because it's such a beautiful show. Like the, 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 the action scenes, it's like anime style sort of, and the video game references. And they, they do homage to like the eighties, video games the night you know the, the 90s 80s 90s video games and it's just really cool it's a really cool cast the team was great like dan milano and, and eric robles they're the the best i mean just working with those guys it was it was super fun so yeah so when i was really bummed out when i heard about that because i know how much hard work goes into that and i was yeah. like man if this gets shelved that's that's a sin <laughs> you know i was like that this is a great show and, and it was good to see it make it and it has a huge fan base too no, I, we haven't been renewed but it, 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 my you never, son loves that show actually yeah you never know i mean you never know if it could be renewed because i mean they killed you they killed off young justice and brought us back like two three years later or something like that and can you tell us about what it's like working on young justice oh that that show was like so much fun because we recorded on ensemble before the pandemic. Uh, we yeah, it's the best. You get to play yes. off each other, and you're in there with like freaking legends. Like I recorded with with Bill Fagerbake from from from, Spo from SpongeBob, and and I was a huge Coach fan when I was a kid. Like I was always watching Coach. Uh, whenever that oh, was I love on. that show too. I think yeah, he was Dauber. <laughs> he was like, and then the, the the original Stand movie, M O N. That spells Devin Dumb. Like, <laughs> like the, I love that guy, and I got to work with him. I was like, I worked with so many cool people in in that on that show, and 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 like getting to meet him and hang out with him and stuff. And that show is just it's great, and there's so much depth and substance in that show because being a comic book nerd myself, these guys like put me to shame. Like, there's stuff I didn't even know, like characters I never even heard of. Like, oh yeah, this guy showed up in, in issue number uh, 178 in 1975. Like, wow, these guys are wow. like, like geek cyclopedias. They just, they know everything. They, like, I because I worked with Greg Weissman before for Spectacular Spider-Man and I'd never even heard of my character. It was, his name was Molten Man and he was like, a, before that, he was a character from like the 60s or 70s I think, and I had to look Can him up. Can you do the voice for us? I think I just used my regular voice for that. Okay. Yeah, I think I did. I think I, I think I used for both of those. Which that was another thing that was kind of didn't bum me out, but like it was. I guess you know because you know growing up you never like you hear the sound of your voice and you're like ah, oh, and that's probably why I do so many impressions and other characters. I just wanted okay. to talk like somebody else. <laughs> so, so when I was booking these these characters early on with my regular voice, I'm like, man. I'm, that I want to do like I want I want to like do something outside of myself. I want to like I want to do crazy characters. But then I'm like, oh okay, I guess I got a a good voice. I guess I had to accept that. You know what I mean? So I guess I got a unique voice, and and like I'm like, okay, cool. Now now I audition more some as myself a yeah. lot of times. But I love doing the big characters though too. What's some of your favorite big characters that you've done? I would have to say like I really had a fun. I really had fun doing the, my character Poppy from Glitch Text. And then, and also, we do him first. He was basically he was he was like an amalgamation of my uncles and my dad. Uh huh. Because he had a really big 
really big, bo boisterous, deep voice. Like, hey, Miko, come here. I got some. I got to tell you something. You know, let me give you some advice. You know, and like, so it's just all these like people that I met growing up, all these father figure types. You know, and I put them all together in this character, and which is which got me the job because Eric connected with it. You know, he was like, oh, I, I that's. He's like, man, you really tapped into something there. He's reminding me my deals. You know, growing up, I was like, yeah, those are my deals and my dad too like that and that's you know the truth, there's truth in it right so yes so yeah there's that that guy was a lot of fun yeah you know, big and it's told he was like 60 years old and i'm like oh I get to play this older guy it, it's yeah, funny because so. you actually have done a few older characters yeah right? yeah I've done, I've done i i've done like little kids and like like older guys <laughs> so it's good it's good to have it's good to have a range but like these 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 some of these video game sessions are like aging me up a little bit you know all the screaming <laughs> you're like i sound 10 years older now <laughs> I, I finally i ordered a case i ordered a case of the do you know the the fred tattashore juice they call it no you never heard of it it's, no it's like this chinese cough syrup that oh, every you sure, i know i've seen that chinese yeah. cough syrup yeah yeah mm. You go to these sessions in these video games, and and there's always like, oh yeah, you give him some of the Fred Tattersall stuff. I didn't know that. Because he brings it, he he just leaves it at the. Someone told me he just brings it in and leaves it there at the studio. Oh, and so how generous. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna order some of that, and I got a bunch of throat coat, and I just like sip that after a session. So yeah, <laughs> trying to stay trying to stay young in here. Yeah, keep it young. It is funny how yeah. the voice does change over time. When I hear stuff that I recorded 10 years ago. I'm like, I do sound a little younger. I mean, you could still go there, but like oh, where, yeah. where your placement sits. Changes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah. You grow, you, you kind of ground more into your chest voice, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, I wish I could act from my gut. Like I've heard, uh, I heard Nolan call. North and those guys, they really, they, they like, they, they, they yell from there. They project from their gut. I don't know how to do that. anymore. still need to learn how to do that. Hmm. Singing lessons, maybe. I do need singing lessons. I have a really good singer. coach, actually. Yeah. I just started working with um, Katie Riggs, who is Seth Riggs' daughter, the creator of Speech Level Singing, and she's wonderful. I'm happy to share. Oh, wow. For anybody that might be looking for singing lessons, this commercial break sponsored by Katie. That's so interesting how, as, as someone, Mari was just mentioning, impressions and I, I, so many voice actors I talk to over and over again, it's either like I got into it from theater and acting or, you know, the impressions route and the impressions really helps to kind of feed the characters and even a, they say even a bad impression uh, yeah, really great character. And so how do you approach doing your impressions? Well, you know, what's funny is like, I, I'm not I don't think I'm a good impressionist. <laughs> I, I think I'm a funny impressionist. Like okay. I think like, okay. I just do That's so good. and I, I just make them funny, right? Like I just, I'm not very good. Like there's people because when I started doing voiceovers, when I realized what a good impression was, and like, cause I thought, you know, doing comedy, like doing stand up, a lot of, a lot of comedians do impressions and like, they're not, not all, not a lot of them are good, but they're funny because they make them funny. They, they, they're, they're characterization of, of the actor, you know? So like, yeah, I used to, do, I think, yeah, I used to do, I think I did Al Pacino and like, or do Sean Connery. I would do all these. Oh impressions. my God, please do your Sean Connery. Oh my gosh. I don't even know if I can do it anymore. Well, I used to do this bit. Those are my very first stand up, my very first stand up gig. Uh -huh. Yeah. Very, very first open mic. And I, I, I was like, I'll just do a, 
I'll talk about how growing up, I was not, I'm not, I'm not good at talking to girls. And like, I wish that I had a cool accent so that I could you know, talk to women and like sound cool and like Sean Connery. And then I would be like, hello there. Like, I noticed you standing over there by yourself. I was wondering if uh, you weren't doing anything later. You'd like to come over to my place and uh, check my prostate. <laughs> and, and it got a big laugh. I was like, yeah, I did it. I've been yeah, practicing. Prostate. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's, I mean, it's not the best. I'm sure there's better out there, but but it's all I'll say I make them funny. I do make them funny. <laughs> That's comedy for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so your first credit on imdb is world of warcraft which is so funny because i also did that was my one of my first games i ever did and i was i was wondering which was it burning crusade or was it prior to that i think it was ah, the the panda one the panda one i think it was called something of pandaria i don't know (laughs) Okay, so I, I remember. was a little after. Was that something you got through your agent, or was that, did you find Yeah, that? yeah, I booked it through, I actually have a horror story about that. Ooh. I don't know if I should talk about it, but I'm going to do it anyways. You're big think, time now. You can... I, I, I got, I was returned. I was a returned item, like a, like a, like a store purchase that you don't like. Uh, I did a, a character for that, because I did two characters, and I think the one on IMDb is the one you see. Yeah. And then the other one got returned. They yeah. did a whole session. Yeah, I did a whole session. Yeah. And they called Kathy, my agent, and our agent. They were like, yeah, it's not going to work out. And I was so, like, hurt. And, like, oh, my God, I was so, like, sorry. And I was like, I, I'm so sorry, Kathy. I'm like, I, I, I'm... And they're like, no, yeah, they just said it didn't work out. I'm like, I, they played the, the audition for me, and I matched it exactly. I don't know if it, I just, my energy wasn't right or, or like, I don't know. Could it change so their like, mind? Yeah, maybe they changed their mind. So I felt I was like, I got returned. I'm a returned item. No, but I was, and I was really bummed out. I was so, so bummed out about it. I was like, you know what? Just tell them they don't got paid. You know, she's like, no, no, they're going to pay you. I'm like, okay. All right. I was like, but I felt so bad. I didn't want to get paid. I was so bummed out about that. Oh, you know, it's- yeah. Everybody that's been in this business for any period of time working in any consistent way has been returned, right? Yeah. I yeah. Mean, it's just part of it. And it doesn't mean anything about your level of skill or talent. It just might be what they were looking for, something different. So, yeah. but, oh my God. Yeah. It stinks, that, I was like, it? yeah. It was, it was weird. And, and another thing, another time that happened, sort almost happened, didn't happen, but it almost happened. Audition for a, a voice match for Vince Vaughn. I don't do Vince Vaughn. Hmm. And so like, and I just basically matched, you know, they give you a reference yeah. and then you match what they, what they give you. And I just matched it, what they gave me. And, and it was like all the, all the like really low talking lines that he, you know, talks really low. And he's just ranting. It was a couple That's of rants. pretty good. And so, so I booked it off that. But then he's a projects, he projects a ton in that movie. And it was the watch for the watch. And he projects a ton. I'm like, oh, and it, it wasn't like, it just wasn't working with the higher projection. Yeah. So like, we don't know if we're going to be able to use this. I'm like, shit, again. And it was like right after that, right after the, the, the other experience so i was like man this is like two, two in a row and and but they, they were able to like tweak it a little bit and it worked out i was like oh thank god 
wow, thank God. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, uh, really I, I mean, do you have any advice for, for people dealing with rejection? I know that rejection as a performer is like its own particular thing because it's really, they're not just rejecting your work, but in a way they're rejecting part of you. They're rejecting your being. Because you put yourself into that. You put, yeah. You know, as much as you, you try to put as much as yourself into a performance as you can. Yeah. So like, we don't like you. <laughs> we don't like what you did. We don't like you. No. I think um, I'm getting worse at dealing with rejection, actually. <laughs> are you? I'm getting so much better with it now, I feel. Yeah. I mean, because I've dealt, I've dealt with like rejection in my whole life. <laughs> yeah. You know, in a sense, you know. But I but think, I think you just yeah. you just push through, you know. You find you find your validations where they where they matter most mm-hmm. and where they count and you hold on to those like for dear life. And for me it's been, you know, my family members and my close friends. And that's, you know, that's all the validation you really need. You, you got to look at it as it's a, it's a job, right? Mm-hmm. And it's I mean it is. It's a job. It, auditions are a job. We put too much I think we put too much of our our personal selves on these uh on booking and stuff. And I, I don't think you can, you can't really do that. You, you got to try it. Cause there's been stuff like some of the stuff that I wanted the most, I've gotten a lot of things that I wanted the most, but there's been stuff that I really, really wanted. And, and I, I didn't get it. And when you don't get it, you stew on it. Like, Oh, I really wanted that. I wanted that part. That was, it's been like, you know, I wanted to play that since I was a kid. And, and you can't be like that. You just got to let it go. Like as soon as you do it, it's out of, out of your mind. You know, it's like a Instagram story post. Let it, you let it sit in there for a little let bit. It go. Gone. Let it go. Gone. Exactly. You just got to let that thing just disappear. Cause it's, I mean, it's not, it's not a knock on you personally. It really isn't. It's, it's just, you just weren't right. I mean, you just, it has nothing to eat. They wanted something else most of the time. It's just, and it's, and when you, sometimes you get to see that. Sometimes you get to see the, who they booked, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's totally better than what I did. I don't care. So just, I guess, for people struggling with the rejection in, in this industry, just, yeah, don't worry about it. It's not your fault. It's not on you. You know, it's like that, it's like that scene in Guru uh, Hunting. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. I love this. Dark, <laughs> Dark Warrior Pop said, you take the rejection, let it create a small ulcer, regroup and move on. Yeah. Yeah. That's about exactly. Right. Eric, so you also have tons of artwork from your drawings, funny cartoons, detailed portraits, all that on your Instagram page. Have you ever thought about making your own cartoon, like pitching your own animated series for internet or... I- network definitely yeah i've been working i've been i've been working on it's like one of those things right like we don't know how to go about it don't know how to get in or jump on it or jump you know take a take the leap so i I've, i have tons of ideas but nothing super fleshed out to where there's like a pilot script or anything just tons of, of ideas and and i think i don't know if it's around i want to find brought it out but i have a, an animation ideas book Ooh. and i have a ton of like sketches yeah. A, ton of, a ton of like like uh, sketches of ink, some ink, some colored, others just raw. And and I just I write out like if I get a funny idea, like even if it's just a character, like I had a it was like soon after like right before Stan Lee died, actually right before Stan Lee died. I I, I don't know why because he, he says Excelsior all the time, and so I drew like this little egg with like a Stan Lee glasses and the mustache, and his name was Egg Celsier. Stupid ideas like that, but you got to write it down. You got to put it down. You got to sketch it out because you never know what it could turn out to be. Yeah. 
Yeah. And collaboration is a great way to get into that sort of thing. Just the creative process, like brainstorming with another writer, you know, we should meet over at the coffee shop. When I was working on a show called Poppycat, I, I love like that preschool kind of thing. And so I had reached out to the executive producers to see if I could pitch some ideas and I wrote some specs and then they ended up hiring me to write an episode. And so from there, from there, it, it kind of progressed to working with a writing partner and that made the the process go just a lot quicker. And instead of stopping myself every time I would like have a question about a plot point, we would just kind of bounce off each other. And I found that to be super helpful. So maybe that's something that might be. Yeah. I definitely got to get with some of my creative friends. Let me grab this light. Yeah. Yeah. Things burning out. So I'm going to put another light up, but yeah, your window looks good too. I don't know if you're on a tripod. uh, Yeah. It's it's like a clippy thing. Oh, but somebody used to, Kate used to watch Poppy Cat with her son. That's awesome. I'm so glad you like that show. The episode I wrote was Snowflake Lake. <laughs> I was Alma, the bunny. Oh, Poppy Cat, I just love my blue pearls. <laughs> no, it's Poppy Cat, not Puppy Cat. <laughs> Poppy Cat. It was Ooh, there you go. Write it down. That's a good idea. Puppy Cat. A puppy and a cat. Get, oh, they, yeah. make a, they get together and they, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> puppy cat yeah did you get your lighting switch yeah it is a little bit a little bit more light here cool cool you look great thank you you you, you must have like a your own personal stylist back there you always look great in these things you're always putting up these pictures i'm like jeez from the waist up i do i do put on makeup for the show which is funny because these days it's pretty much the only time i wear makeup and i have a ring light i have a ring light did you did you see my musical comedy short for ring light i'll have to send it to you oh no um, i didn't see that yet. people are always you know people be like your skin looks so great i'm like it's literally just the ring light i mean it's light light is light is amazing i mean whether it's natural yeah. light or whether it's like just lighting lighting yourself well makes such a difference on how you feel <laughs> sometimes it's everything <laughs> sometimes it's everything but i want to save a few minutes at the end i know we're coming up close on an hour do you have a heart out by the way at seven or no 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 i don't, I don't have a heart i want to make sure we wrap it up a little bit i have to pack i have a 7 a.m flight tomorrow where are you going um, i'm actually gonna go to massachusetts to go to the northeast comic-con i'm gonna be there for a few days doing a couple panning things and stuff First con, some of them are, yeah, the smaller ones. Comic Con, awesome. I got moved to November Comic Con. I believe they're doing it Thanksgiving weekend is the plan. That is San, San Diego Comic Con. Yes, that's like oh wow, what's going on? So we'll see about that. But I'm excited to. Um, my family's also from there, so we'll get to see yeah. them a little bit. But it's early. <laughs> it's <gonna be> yeah. <sighs> Hope I don't. Know. Are you flying out of Burbank or? No, dear Lord, how ah, I wish. You should fly- Burbank's the best. They don't I only... direct to Boston anymore. They they oh. they used to they used to, but I think the pandemic they just had to probably cut back a lot of the flights. So, but this um, is how much I hate going to LAX. La- the last like we take a, me and my buddies we take a trip. We try to take a trip every year. Just go to new new football stadium, new new oh, really? team every year. Right? Yeah, we do like a man trip, and we did one in Philly. <laughs> We did one in Philly and there was no direct flights to Philly. So I was like, I was like, I went to, I was like, I'm flying out of Burbank. I don't care. I connected like twice, two, three times. I was like, really? it, was, it was, yeah. I was like, I'll go through the trouble. I, I'll go through that trouble rather than have wanting to, 
drive to LAX. I was like, screw that. I know. I'm kind of regretting it, but it is what it is. But um, yeah. I do want to save some time to have some audience questions. So guys, oh, okay. take your questions in the box now if if you get into it. And and yeah, I'll just pick. And we might not get to all of them, but just know that we love you all equally if we don't get to your question. Let's see. Okay. It's a bit general. It's a bit general. Okay. Here we go. Mm. This uh, relates to the Simpsons and Bumblebee. What was the hardest thing about being the superhero? Hardest thing was probably trying to straight, stay true to the to the the legacy of the character. I mean, he's a beloved character, and he's always yeah. been. I, I think I think Hank Azaria did a good job. And, you know, I. But I'm glad that I, I'm glad I got the opportunity. It's kind of like a like a bittersweet thing, like because he had to stop playing the character, but you now I get to play it, so it's super bitter super sweet more, yeah. more or less because like i just wanted to do the character justice and 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 not not make the fans hate me <laughs> the fans love you i mean did have you even have you have a lot of people been reaching out and connecting with you on social media or is it still too new some some yeah some out some some people reaching out it's and it's always cool when people reach out because you know it's like when you don't when you're doing the work and, and you're, you know, you're just living your life and you're in your little bubble in your pockets, you know, you, you just kind of, you don't, you don't think about that. Like, you know, other people are, you know, it's affecting, this is all affecting other people's lives in some sort of way, you know, they're, yeah. uh, you know, they're fa the, the fans and stuff. So it's, it's good to get, to get feedback and hear from them. Like, wow. Cause, cause it's nice. It's nice that I don't think about it. Cause if I knew, if I thought about that stuff while I was going into these, these roles and characters and stuff that I would probably, you know, get too nervous. We are human beings, right? I mean, yeah. We're, yeah. we're not invincible. I, I really appreciate you sharing that vulnerability because, you know, it's, it, it, I'm seeing these reoccurring themes with uh, people whose work I really admire that we all are at the end of the day, share this, these, the same humanity and the same struggles and challenges. It's, it's really great. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. So someone is asking, what was it like to be on Star Wars Rebels? Oh, just insane. That's another one that was just insane. What was your like, character? Surreal. I did two. I did two different characters on that one. I was the first one I did was this cadet uh, named Oleg. He didn't even have, they didn't even show his face. He was like in full like uh, start uh, with I'm sorry stormtrooper like cadet gear. Okay. And he was just like being a being a dick the whole time to like the Ezra character. It was just like, you know, kind of being kind of a bully, like a schoolhouse bully, you know, just a jerk. And like, that was, that was fun. And then the second character I played was uh, later on, I think it was more towards the end of the, the series was uh, this character, John or Jin. He was like a, like a mechanic type, like laid back. It's cool because like, it's kind of like the character I would be if I was on some like ship, you know, actually I'm not a very good mechanic. So that, not that part, but I, you know, the laid back and, you know, just taking everything, going with the flow type guy. And he was uh, playing him was fun. Cause it was, that was like a meteor role. It was like, really, that was a really fun episode of like some, like this was like a ragtag group of like people that were driving up. It was, I think they were, they were out in like a transport ship and they were dropping, like <laughs> dropping, like all these, these, these crates on, on ships, like trying, basically trying to do their part for the, for the resistance. And it was, it was a cool episode, but it was fun. Like, cause they record ensemble too and getting to record with Freddie and Vanessa and, and all them was, was super fun. D Bradley Baker. It's just, it's seeing all these like legends work. It's, that that's huge that's why i love recording ensemble because you get to see how other people 
work and like seeing how they approach things. And I mean, they make it look easy, but you know, you know, they did all the, the work previously to get into that pocket. And it's, it's cool to see. Thank you. That's awesome. Another really interesting question, which has been something that's been coming up a little bit more is there was a time when voice actors were really not in the limelight. We were very much behind the scenes and not really recognized. And now there is a trend more and more social media, TikTok, conventions. And I think more and more people from Gen X that are wanting to do voice acting and voiceovers. And so I I was wondering, what do you think about that trend in voice actors sort of becoming more recognizable and being more in the spotlight? I I think it's cool. I mean, I I feel like we, I mean, a lot of voice actors deserve recognition. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not always, you know, I mean, it's never really easy, but it's not, it's not a super easy job. It's, you know, and people, put a lot of time and, and effort into it. Well, a little recognition, you know, a little <laughs> something, you know, a, a little bit of a fan base. It's nice. You know, I think it's cool. I, I mean, it's, it's weird to think anybody would be a fan of you. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a little weird. For but, your, uh, your family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Your family and your friends are always like there to support you, but so, but so it's cool. I mean, I think any, anything like that is, is, is cool with me. It's a, it's always positive. Fans are always really cool, especially at the cons. Everybody's always supportive and they're always, they open up, they got a little story to tell you about like, you know, your, their favorite episode or, or the way you know, they, they tell you like, Oh, you do this character justice. I was a fan of this character before. And now I hear your voice when I, you know, when I read the comics or when I, you know, anytime I see this character, I, I hear your voice. And, and that's a huge compliment. Yeah, definitely. Kate, Kate had asked, she said, Gus Tumbleweed is the best character on Trollstopia. Thank you so much, Kate. That means a lot. That's huge. And she asked, how much do you relate to him as a character? Well, I did grow up in Arizona, so I was, and I wanted to be a cowboy when I was a little boy. Did my you? Mom, yeah, my mommy said, what do you want to be when you grow up? I was like, I want to be a cowboy, not knowing even what that was. I just wanted to wear a cool hat, ride a horse and shoot guns. Dreams come true. <laughs> Yeah, right. That's what I said. As I told my mom, I was like, look, mom, I said, I want to be a cowboy. Apparently I just wanted to play one on TV. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, there's, there's definitely like, uh, I know a lot, I grew up knowing a lot of cowboys and stuff. So it's, uh, it's cool to get to, to play one. Yeah. It's, it's just like, oh yeah, I know the Western grew up in the West, Southwest. Oh, that's awesome. Let's see. Well, I guess this is a pretty simple question to answer about what voice actors do for health insurance. Um, oh, yeah. they do offer health insurance through SAG. So yeah, hopefully SAG, you may, SAG offers. I, I think yeah. like thirty thousand a year or something. I forget it exactly, but yeah, I think yeah they offer. It's good. It's pretty good health insurance, but it's it's kind of bumming. It bums me out that there's there's a big controversy now with it with the older people, older actors getting dropped, and that's a problem. I think that that's not right. I think I they should. About that. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was, a, it's, a, it's been a big thing and I think they should, you know, that, that, that should be remedied by our union because hmm. it's sad, you know, just cause you're not working as much doesn't mean you don't deserve insurance. <laughs> Absolutely. Brickman Mosaic Art asks, would you rather live the celebrity life you have now or would you rather live a more normal life? <laughs> I live a normal life. <laughs> I'm not a celebrity at all. I don't feel like a, well, 
I don't feel like a celebrity. Oh, I can go anywhere, and no one ever says, "Hey, you're the dude." You know, bumpy or yeah, you're bumping me. So I like I like where I'm at now. It feels good, you know. I mean, if I had a if I had a real celebrity life, like you know, like freaking Will Smith or these guys, like I don't know if I could handle that. But like, I think I'd be. I think you know, I, you, I go back and forth, and you, you think about that. You're like, I don't know if I'd be a good celebrity. I think I'd be too nice to my stalkers. I'd probably hang out with them. <laughs> I'd probably hang out with my stalkers and stuff. You like you know? Them? Oh, hi. Come <laughs> oh, on. Oh, you're already in. Coffee. Let's go get a drink. <laughs> I'd probably be a terrible celebrity. On me. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I think it would be fun. But I'm sure, yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely, I'm, I, I don't think I'm at the point to where it's detrimental to my life. So, which is cool. I, I like the life I have right now. I'm, I'm happy. Aw. Well, we're happy for you. <laughs> okay. Last question from the audience. If Bumblebee had, man had a drink like tough beer, what would you drink? Oh, what would be uh, Bumblebee's drink? <laughs> if I had a drink like tough beer, what would it be? Oh, yeah, of course, man. If Bumblebee's drinking a drink, dude, it's got to be like a Mexican beer, man. It's got to be a Modelo or a Corona or something like that with a little little salt, a little lime, you know, maybe a little te tequila in there, you know. <laughs> we love cerveza. <laughs> yeah, you got you to do it, man. Yeah, season the beer. Season it. Mm, nice michelada. Is that Mexican michelada? Yeah, yeah. do you like micheladas? I love I like micheladas. Them. I don't like them. I yeah, I'm, I'm like not them? a fan. I, They're so good. I, I, I've had them before, and, and I'm like, Ugh, I just, the, I'm not a big fan of tomato juice. That's what it is. Do um, you like spicy? I like spicy. I like spicy a lot. Yeah, I just don't like tomato juice. I think that's what it is. You I like, like tomatoes. I mean, I like tomato tomato juice as pizza is. <laughs> Yeah, I just don't like liquid tomatoes. Okay. Weird to me. Just ugh, <laughs> just drinking it. It's kind of like milk. I hate milk. I can't drink milk. Cool. Well, before we go, do you mind just saying saying your name and saying like you're listening to Alice's Wonderland? Like, hey, thanks for listening, or like I really like the show, or some some kind of thing. Like it's Eric Lopez, do an impression, something. <laughs> <laughs> so just what like like to like a like a bumper sort of like type a thing? bumper. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, a little burp, sorry. I'm drinking coffee. Hey, everybody. My name is Eric Lopez, and you are watching and or listening to Allison's Wonderland with my awesome, wonderful, beautiful friend, Allison Packard. Thank you. Okay, Eric, one more question, one more question, one more question. If there is a song in your heart, which there is, of course, what would your song be called? Oh, be oh I don't know. Uh, song in my heart. I guess it would just be called Mama, because I love my mama so much. I love my son so much too. <laughs> there is like nothing like that, right? Yeah, there's not. I mean, honestly, I, I I can honestly say I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my mom. She's been the most supportive person my whole life, and it's just uh, yeah. Oh my, I get teary. I go, ah, you made me cry. <laughs> Told you I would. <laughs> <laughs> No, oh, yeah, it's my mom. She's the best ever. I love her. She's the. I got to take her to the Simpsons party. She got to go with me. We, my girlfriend, did her hair with like, uh, like this, like, like twenty style because it was at the, it was at, the, she's like twenty, like twenties, thirties style, like this hairdo, really cool. And it was at the Roosevelt in Hollywood, you know, old school, like 
fancy party like this. I remember I don't remember what it was for if it was for the Treehouse Wars or, or it was like a milestone one because it was at the Roosevelt and I got to take my mom and it was one of the best things ever did she she came out from Arizona she still lived there yeah yeah she came out from Arizona I, I, I think I picked her up I might have went to drove to Arizona and I brought her here with me and I got to take her she got, she got to dress up and eat delicious food she doesn't drink so she didn't get to take advantage of the open bar I did <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was it was good. It was one of the funnest parties. Yeah, getting to take my mom. Oh, that's amazing. Well, please um thank your mom for us for raising such a great guy. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, pleasure chatting with you, and we'll have to go for another walk soon or um, Yeah, for sure. Get together because we're neighbors. And I gotta come hear you play when you play again. You're I wanna hear you I wanna hear you play and sing. When you go, yeah, you again. Let me know. Let I haven't been doing much of that lately, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I figured. But. Music's fallen by the wayside, a casualty of the pandemic. But mm-hmm. let's hope, well, I'm hoping that it's coming back. I'm open to it and doing some more recording and stuff. So, but thank you. And thank um, you. it's been a pleasure. Um, Always for, a pleasure. For anybody that might have missed the beginning, I am going to post this to my IGTV and you can check it out and watch it, you know ad infinitum you can just put it on repeat while you're doing dishes and also for anybody that hasn't already heard Alice's Wonderland is also a podcast so what we do is we rebroadcast the audio a few weeks after as a podcast so you can check that out and stream it and subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts um, it debuted at number 23 in the U.S. For Amazon and Manga. Congratulations. Somebody's listening on Spotify, Spotify as well, (laughs) Amazon Music. So um, check it out if, if sometimes... I know when I'm on Instagram, I my attention span on a live is not that thorough. So you can always check out check it out. Next week we have Max Middleton, who is an amazing voice actor. He's done a ton of anime. He was did some stuff with him before. He's a great actor. He's cool dude. Cool dude. Great actor. So so check that out. And and then we have Christina V coming up the week after that. So it's been a voice actor palooza. Voice actors are just so fun to interview. But we also do interview interviews with animators and writers and people that work in every aspect of animation and video games so if you're just tuning in for the first time be sure to subscribe to this channel and we'll we'll catch you next time eric thank you so much thank you thank you so much it's a lot of fun okay i'll talk to you soon okay bye everyone bye everybody Thanks for tuning in to Allison's Wonderland, where we explore the wild and wonderful world of animation and video games. Please remember to subscribe and leave us a review. For more episodes of Allison's Wonderland, please visit us at www.allisonpacker.com. See you next week.